Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. It's good to see you guys. I'm excited to be in the house of God tonight. Are you? Good. That's good. Tonight I get the, I have the express privilege of announcing, following up to Pastor Dave's announcement about SBXP. You're probably wondering what SBXP stands for. Well, last year we came up with this great uh, tool that we, that we have, and it's called Summer Bible Experience. So that's SBXP, Summer Bible Experience. And what that is, is that a month long, for the month of June, that we are... Uh, we've created things specifically for children to bring their friends to, to hear the word of God, to meet Jesus for themselves, and to be, uh, and to encounter a relationship with him. We've designed specific things that were really blitzing it um, uh, during, the ju- um, during the month of June, and, and we'll have the culmination of that with a family service on June 28th, which I'm incredibly excited for. And so um, tonight is uh, Summer Meal Deals. I want to remind you guys of that as well afterwards. And don't forget to pick up your children before getting the meal. I just needed to say that before I forget. Uh, But let's open up in the Word. Galatians chapter 1, verse 15 says this. But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who had called me by his grace... But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace. You're probably wondering what that means. I'm going to get into that. But before I say that, tonight we're going to be starting a series called Journey of Grace. And we're going to go through the book of Galatians. And I get the opportunity to teach you uh, uh, on chapter one of Galatians. And Galatians is one of my favorite books. It's got some of, uh, some of my favorite verses in it. I absolutely love this book, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, the book of Galatians, let me give you just some history about it before we begin. The book of Galatians was written by Paul the Apostle, and he wrote to a bunch of churches. Galatia was not just one single church, it was multiple churches in the, in the region of Galatia and Phrygia in what is modern day Turkey. And those people there, had uh, Paul had gone through and he'd started all these churches, and I love history, so bear with me for a minute. I'll get to it, some really cool history points that you're going to really love. And he wrote, and there's a main argument to what churches was he specifically writing to, uh, either the local and ing- indigenous peoples that were common to, the, the, uh, to modern-day Turkey or to the invading Celts. Yeah, you heard me correctly. Celts. Irish people, right? Where's all my Gaelic people in here? Anybody in there uh, some Irish blood? No? No? Okay. It's, uh, <clears throat> anyway, so there, there was a group of people that they were invaders, and they went all the way over to Turkey, and Paul went and evangelized amongst them and even started churches with, uh, with modern-day Irishmen, which were found in Turkey, which is wild to me. And there, uh, that's why it was called Gaul, which later became Galatia, uh, which is now modern-day Turkey. I thought you guys would really be more enthused about that than... Man, that was good. You're welcome for that little history lesson. Thanks. <laughs> so what I want to talk to you guys tonight about is, is why Paul was writing to the churches that were in Galatia. 
And what had happened was in Galatians chapter one, verse six, it kind of gets into that. And we'll read all the way through verse 10. And this is what Paul says to the churches. He says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserted or that you have so quickly deserted him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I'm going to say it again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For I am now seeking the approval of man, or am I seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Paul was concerned and slightly annoyed that the Christians in modern or in Galatia at the time um, were not acting like Christians. No, not maybe in their, their, um, their acts at the time, they weren't going out and murdering people in droves like, you know, their Irish cousins over there. And, 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 but their beliefs were saying something. Because what had happened was that there was Jewish Christians that came in and were teaching them that they had to start following Jewish customs and laws instead of following the laws of Christ, which is love God, love people. And that surmises and encompasses all things. And so what they had come in and started teaching the churches in Galatia, what they, they had to start following the laws of the Jewish uh, religion, that they had to be circumcised, that they had to you know, observe Sabbath on Saturday instead of Sunday, and all of these things they started trying to teach them about. And Paul was saying, so easily, you guys were straying away from the liberty, from the freedom that you found in Jesus. And he's talking to Christians. And you might be in here and this whole church thing might be new to you. And don't worry, I'm talking to you too because you're going to get something out of this as well tonight. Because their actions were affected by their beliefs. And the first point that I want you to see is this. What you believe will influence how you act and what you do. What you believe will influence how you act and what you do. If you're taking notes tonight on live notes, you can fill that in or take notes. It's a great little thing. If you've got the church, uh, the church app on your phone, it's a fabulous resource that you guys can all log in. Notes are up there for, uh, for tonight's message, and you can actually take notes on your phone, e uh, save them, and email them to yourself so that way you can save them to your phone. It's a great tool. I use it all the time. Um, so if you're following along, that way you can do that. So what you believe will influence how you act and what you do. This is why I'm constantly telling the students back there, and you can ask any, any student back there that, what does Pastor Josh always say? Is there any students in here tonight? Any? What do I always say? Read your stinking Bible. Absolutely. Now, I, I came up with stinking because my Bible actually smells like food, and so it actually stinks, <laughs> but that's a whole other thing. So <laughs> they, they came up with that slogan, read your stinking Bible. So read your Bible. It's what I'm constantly telling them to do, regardless of what I tell them. This is what I tell them. If Pastor Josh tells it to you, 
Don't just believe it because Pastor Joshua is saying it. Believe it because you're finding it in the word. And this is what Paul was telling the churches there. He's saying you're easily following what you're easily believing something that's not true. And this is what's so important that he wanted us to know. The second point is we must form our beliefs not on what man tells us, but from the word of God. We must form our beliefs not on what man tells us, but from the word of God. Just like Pastor Don was talking um, uh, on, to the graduates about, he was talking about not just listening for a, a voice, but find it in the word. It's very important that Christians rise up and find out what they believe and what the truth is by reading their word. So many of us just rely on what Pastor Don says. Now, don't get me wrong. Pastor Don, what he says is golden. Points there for me. <laughs> Amen. And you can trust your pastor, but this was the best advice my father ever gave to me. I went up and I asked him after I got saved and I had somebody come and, and want to debate me as a Christian. I'm like, I don't know, what, debate what? Like, what do we do? And so I came and I asked my dad, who was a pastor, I said, Dad, what do we believe? He's like, I don't know, what do you believe? I don't know, well, what do we believe? And I was asking him what I believed. And he says, don't believe it just because I believe it. You gotta find it in the word to believe it at all. It was the best advice he ever gave me and that's what I'm going to encourage you to do. And so many of us, we put, open up our Bible and, and, and we look at it and it's this big dusty book and we're getting so daunted by it, but that's not daunting. If we simply crack open that book and, and, and even if you don't know how to read it, start in the book of Matthew. Start in the Gospels. Learn about Jesus. I don't, I don't read it from Genesis to Revelation. I've done it many, many, many times, but I don't, that's not how I study my word. That's not how I hear from God. I don't hear from him in the book of Leviticus, thank the Lord. I don't find him in the book of Numbers. I mean, I do, but I don't hear from him. Actually, I shouldn't say that. I've gotten some seriously great revelation in the book of Numbers. I tell you, hearing about the genealogy of all the Israelites, I tell you, glory to God, I'll do some laps in here. Um, but find out what the word says. Go to the book of John, the most read book in the world. Colleges all around the world still use the book of John as a book of poetry and that they teach in their colleges. It's true. So to live victorious on our journey of grace, we need to know three key elements about our lives. Three key elements that we need to know. And the first one is, is this. This is what I find in chapter one of Galatians. Know who called you. Know who called you. Now, I'm going to tell you something before I go on. You are called. God has called to you, and he knows your name, and he's crying out to you and saying, Donna, Donna, David, come to me, come to me. He's calling out your name, and he's called to you. Know who's called you. Know who has called you. Galatians chapter 1, verse 15 says this. But when Paul, and Paul is saying this, but when he had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace. See, he recognized that he was called. God knew he, who he was as David even said in the book of Psalms that he formed me in my mother's womb. See, God knew us 
When we were, even before we were born, God knew us before the foundation of the world. And when you were born, he's calling your name and he's calling you and he's, he's saying, come to me, come to me, all throughout your entire life. And it's interesting, I was reading a study uh, the other day um, written by Oxford and they did a, a very long, many-year study. It cost them, I forget how many millions of dollars uh, to do this study. And they found that for children, children, we are naturally born, and they did this all across the world, not just in, in England where Oxford, they did it all over the world. And they found that in children, we are born with an inherent belief in a God. We are, and it takes years for us to unlearn that belief. It takes years, and they found that even at a young age, if a parent even tells a child that there is no God, the child won't even believe the parent. Because one of the, what is the, one of the things that kids believe about their parents, you know, when they're like three or four? Oh, hey, dad is, can lift anything. Dad knows every answer to every question, right? They believe you're almost a deity yourself. And so we are born with an inherent belief that in a God. It's just true. We believe that God exists when we're born. And what, we have, what it takes is, is people teaching us in schools and culture and all of those things for us to unlearn God. See, Oxford said it was a God. And they believe that, you know, they find it in, in their different religions in whatever country they're born in. But I know that it's the God. See, we're born knowing God. And so we need to find out as adults, know who called us. And that's what Paul had learned later in his life. And you can read up in, of Paul's story in the book of Acts. See, Paul had an understanding of who had called him and reached out to him when he was living his life contrary to who Paul truly was. See, Paul was, Paul was, and this will get into the, into the second point and I'll, I'll touch more on it in a minute, but Paul was basically a murderer. That was his job. He went and grabbed Christians and brought them before so they can get stoned to death. And, and that was basically his job. Go find Christians in their homes, drag them out and stone them. It's great, and that's a solid job. And he loved it, by the way. <laughs> Here's another point that we need to check out. We must know the one who wants what is best for us, and we know him by spending time with him and reading his word. See, Paul had an encounter with God on the road to Damascus, and you can read about that in the book of Acts. And, but Paul went and he spent years in the desert, just him and Jesus. In another place, Paul actually said it was Jesus that taught him. See, Paul went and he spent time learning about God, about Jesus, because he grew up his whole life knowing about God, the Father, but he had never met his son, Jesus. And he spent years spending time with Jesus. We must know the one who wants what is best for us, and we know him by spending time and reading his word. This is true because Paul was saying essentially that it is the simplicity of the gospel that should rule our beliefs and actions. So we get our beliefs by so many different things in culture. 
And Paul got his beliefs by the teaching of, uh, you know, got, uh, all of the different teachers that, that he had growing up as a Pharisee, and he was very good at being a Pharisee. He was, I mean, he said he outgrew all of his, most of his contemporaries in, 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 you know, the teachings of the law. And Paul had this wonderful understanding of, of God the Father, but he had to learn a, a different belief system. And he had to learn that from the truth, because the Bible says that the truth will set us free. The second thing that I want you to see is uh, in, the, in the three key elements is, is know from what you were called. Know from what you were called. In Galatians chapter 1 verse 13, this is what Paul said, for you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. To live victoriously in our journey of grace, we need to know where we came from. In the book of Revelation, we even see it mentioned this way in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. It says this, and they have conquered him, talking of the devil, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their what? Testimony. By the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. We need to know where we came from, what God brought us out of. We need to celebrate the things that God has done in our lives. This is the, the, another point. We need to remember our testimony, which is simply what God has done for us and what he has rescued us from. Our testimony, the next point, doesn't glorify, our testimony doesn't glorify the things we used to do, but it points to the amazing grace that God showed us. So many of us will get up, and, and, and I grew up in a, in a small Assemblies of God church where there was testimony time. And you know, the little ladies with their hankies would, you know, wave it, and it's testimony time, and they'd get up, and the Lord woke me up this morning, and I'm not dead. And they would celebrate, and the whole church would erupt, you know, all 13 of us, and we'd all Jericho march around, you know. And, and, <laughs> but they celebrated the things that God was doing, and if there was nothing like big, and spectacular, man, they celebrated waking up in the morning. And for a little old lady that, you know, I'm thinking of her in my mind, for her, dear God, she's like 150 years old. And thank God she woke up that morning. She was grateful. See, we need to have those things. We need to remember where we came from. We need to remember what God has done in our lives. Amen? If it's just like... Uh, can I say her name? She's been dead for 35 years. Uh, uh, Sister Francesca, she was thankful that she woke up in the morning. If we don't have anything to be thankful for, if we can't remember what God's done for us, how can you and I be excited about what God's going to do in us? Amen. We need to remember, we need to know what we came from. Amen? Amen. The third point in our journey that we need to know is we know we need to know what to what you were called we re need to know to what you were called in galatians chapter 1 verse 22 it says this and i was still unknown in person to the churches of judea that are in christ they were only hearing it said he who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they glorified God because of me. 
and they glorified, in verse 24, and they glorified God because of me. God has called each of us to make his name known and show people his love. Paul was really good at at persecuting Christians. I was really good at sinning. I was great at it. Hit it and was able to play it off and grew up a pastor's kid, was able to hide that in church. I was really great at what I did. Paul was really good at what he did. In fact, at one place in scripture, he says, I'm the greatest of all sinners. Paul was saying, man, I sinned a lot. Anybody said, where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Not that he was pointing to what he did is, look how bad I was. So many of us, we get up here when it's time for testimony, and we say, oh man, and I killed, you know, three people last week, and, you know, and I smoked that, and hit that, and drove that into the, you know, and did that, and we, we go off into these, and we start glorifying all of these things that we've done wrong. Like, I screamed at my son for six hours today, you know, and we say, but God forgave me, and at the very, almost as an afterthought. But Paul wasn't saying this as an afterthought. He was saying, because he goes and he writes the rest of the book, I only get chapter one, and today I think that's all we can handle right now. But he said at the very last verse of chapter 21, and they glorified God because of me. His testimony, the things that he went through, brought them to see, yeah, man, uh, he didn't even say probably, yeah, I used to kill you, because they all knew he killed them. He knew it, because they were all terrified of him. And he said this, I don't even need to say anything, but because I, I, I was saved, because I came into this and said, guess what? God has rescued me from that lifestyle and brought me and given me a hope and given me a future, like Jeremiah 29, 11 says. And, and because of that reason, his life made them glorify God. The question that I have to ask myself, because I know the answer for all of you, because you all are perfect, is that I have to ask myself this, does my life glorify or cause others to glorify God? Does my life inspire other people to want to know my Savior? Does my life either draw them to God or push them away. And that's something that I have to constantly ask myself. Constantly. And when I'm around you, when I'm around people on the streets, when I'm in the grocery store, when I'm at Schlitterbahn or whenever I am, I have to ask myself, am I a good fragrance or do I smell really foul? Am I either saying, look how good God is, or look at him, he wants to judge you because I judge you? People all across this community, all across this world, don't need a judge. They need a savior. And here we are, sitting in our chairs, needing to ask ourselves that same question. Do I draw people to him, 
or do I push them away from him? And that's something that I believe and I know that's something that I have to ask myself every day and I know the answer for you guys because you guys all smiled at me when I got up here and that made me love Jesus more. So, (laughs) the last point that I want you to see in here is when people see the goodness of God in your life, it will show them that God wants to do the same in their life too. I love it when the Lord blesses me, not because he's blessing me and I get some great you know, benefit of, of being a child of God, which I'm surrounded by the favor of God because I'm a child of God, just like my son is. He has the absolute blessing of ha- bearing my last name and getting the absolute blessing of being my son. And how cool is that? And just like that, I get the absolute blessing and freedom that comes with being a child of God. So do you. So do you. And that means that when they see my life, I love to be blessed by him, which I am constantly, because not so that way I'm blessed. To be honest, I don't care. Can I say that without sounding weird? Of course I love God's blessing in my life, but I love it because it allows other people to see it. Not look at me. Look, I just, I, I can't think of a, a cool blessing. I, I mean, look at me. Okay, wait, hold on. I just, something that happened. I just bought a house and it got a, you know, they paid for my closing costs and I didn't have to pay a down payment. Look at all, look at me. Those are an amazing blessing. And I shouldn't have gotten it, but guess what? I did because the favor of God was on me. Had an incredible payment. Everything's fabulous about it. I'm blessed to be in this new home that we just moved into last Thursday. But I don't brag about that to say, look at me. I tell people because I want them to know if God did it for me, he wants to do it for you. God has blessed me so many times with vehicles that I give away, not so I can say, guess what, look at me, but so I can say, guess what, this vehicle is a blessing for you, and God wants you to have an open hand so he can get stuff through your hand to other people. That's what I love about the blessings of God. He loves me enough to love you, that he loves you enough to love me. It's reciprocal. It's an amazing thing that God cares about you so much that he put a blessing in my life so you could see it and be inspired by it to believe God to another level. Because maybe you've been doubting God that maybe he doesn't love you. Maybe you've been doubting God because, because something went wrong or, or a loved one died or you, you lost your job or, or something along those lines. I understand And there have been times in my life that all of those things have happened to me. And if it wasn't for looking at somebody else and seeing, oh, no, 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 no. See, that that is the God that I serve because he's blessing their life and I'm going through something. And because I'm going through something, my perspective's on my problem, not on him. I need to look at him. And seeing the blessing in somebody else's life inspired me to get out of my situation to get my eyes off of the problem and get it on the provider. See, that's what God wants in us, just like he wanted in Paul. We need to know who called us. 
We need to know from what we were called, and we need to know to what we are called. We are called to be a blessing. We are called to be like salt and light to this world. We're called to stand out. But to stand out, we need to know where we came from, who called us, and what we're called to. Amen? Amen. God is good to you. You know how I know that? Because he's good to me. And God's no respecter of person. Just because I bear a title of pastor don't mean nothing when it comes to the favor of God. Because the favor of God surrounds you like a fog. That's who God is to you. And I want you to know that. Doesn't matter what you've gone through, what you came in here tonight dealing with. I want you to know that God is, he's right there calling you. He's right there waiting for you with open arms and with open hands saying, reach out to me. Hold on to me because in that moment, you're in the middle of it. But guess what? Just like he told Peter when he was walking on water, keep your eyes on me, Peter. Keep your eyes on me, Peter. And the moment Peter, he said, I will look at the storms and he started sinking. Jesus was right there and he cried out, Jesus, save me. And immediately, Jesus didn't have to run to him. Immediately, Jesus reached out and grabbed him. I want you to know that in the midst of where you are, Jesus is in it with you. And he's saying, get your eyes off of the storm. Get your eyes off of the problem. Get your eyes off of the lack of employment. Get your eyes off of the sickness and get your eyes on me. Jesus is saying, I'm walking with you. Keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on me because when you keep your eyes on me, you're not going to get distracted from winds of doctrine. You're not going to get distracted by the sickness. You're not going to get distracted by the lack. You're going to get distracted by the goodness and the power and the grace that is found in his eyes. Let's close in prayer tonight. God, we thank you for loving us because your love was found in the form of your son, Jesus, who paid the absolute price for relationship with us because our sin was complete Our sin separated us from you. The moment Adam and Eve did it, we were separated from you, not by you turning your back on us, but by on what we did. And there had to be something that that took the place and, and to get rid of the sin. And you knew, and even in cultures all throughout history, it was always the payment of, of some atrocity was always blood had to be spilled. And they got that because that's just the consequences of sin. The wages of sin or the consequence of sin is death. And you knew that, God. And you said, I am willing to take your place so you do not have to take the consequence of it. And you stepped in and you died for me. I don't deserve it. I never have, I never will, but you died for me. The greatest mystery of all the universe is why you did it, because I don't deserve it. I was a great sinner, God, and I hated you, and I resented you, and I blamed you for all of the sicknesses that were on my body and in my mother, but you still died for me. And I don't know why. 
but I thank you. And I want you to know, if you came in here and you didn't know why you came, maybe church is a whole new thing to you, whatever the reason, I want you to know that Jesus died for you too. And that even in the resentment that you might be harboring towards God and even in the hatred that you might have towards him or the pain and the whatever it is, the lack, God's saying, I still love you. I still love you. I still be willing to die. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.